0: want to talk about neglect tonight. And lawsuits have become extremely common these days for things that are caused by negligence. For instance, as I did a little research, one of the most common was doctors failing to exercise a standard level of care. And one of the things that was mentioned was how many people had surgery who had surgical instruments left inside of them after their surgery was over. And you can imagine that would be negligence if a person or a surgeon didn't take all of his utensils before he closed up the person. Residents in nursing facilities being neglected by the staff or even more importantly, I think sometimes, being neglected by their families. No one ever goes and visits them. No one ever offers them a word of encouragement. Children being left in cars unattended during the summertime while their parents go into a a store or something, and many times that child is left and neglected, uh, not even a standard ordinary care. In fact, really the way you define neglect is there's an expectation of what a normal person would do with the knowledge They have or should have. So if a person knows they ought not to do something and they do it, or a person knows they ought to do something and they fail to do it, then they have neglected what they ought to do. And you see, as you go to the Bible, you'll find out that there was punishment for neglect. Under the Old Testament system, in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, verse 28, talks about an ox goring someone. and. Verse 28 says, if an ox gores a man or a woman to death, then the ox shall surely be stoned and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be acquitted. But if the ox tended to thrust with its horns in times past, and it has been made known to its owner and has not kept it confined so that it killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned and the owner shall also be put to death. You see, it'd be negligence on his part to know that he had a bull or uh, an ox that gored someone and not confine it so that it would take someone else's life. But you see, I'm not here to talk about the kind of negligence that occurs in our common everyday lives. I want to talk to you about spiritual negligence. Are you and I neglecting our spiritual lives, and do we bear any obligation for what we can do and we're not doing. And so for a few minutes, let's explore this idea of neglect. We're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about the commands that are issued in the Bible. And then we want to talk about the consequences that follow from a person being neglectful. And then finally, to talk about some cures, some things that you and I can do to make our lives a little bit better and a little bit more as God would have them to be. Let's talk about commands. Perhaps the simplest, the most direct is found in James 4 verse 17. Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You know that there's something that you are obligated to do. You know what God's word says. And you don't do it. The Bible says that is a sin. God will hold man accountable for it. You see, with knowledge comes responsibility. In Luke chapter 12, there is the situation posed by our Lord about a man who is left in charge. And the owner, the master, goes into a far country. And when he returns and he finds that Servant of his, not having done what he should, here's what Jesus said. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself. Notice he knew what his master expected, but he didn't prepare himself for his master's return. He neglected. Or to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things worthy of stripes or deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For to everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Someone who is in a position of responsibility will be held accountable. In John 15:22, Jesus said, If I had not come and spoken to them, They would not have had or would have had no sin, but now they have no excuse. You see, for a person to neglect what they know they must do shows a willful disobedience on their part. What God expects out of each of us is to give our very best, not to be satisfied or content with just giving God ordinary. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, give it your all. Luke nine sixty two, Jesus said, "No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God." You go out there and you put your hand and say, "I'm going to do this." You better not neglect that. Hebrews six twelve says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who faith and through faith and patience inherit the promises. Perhaps one of the best illustrations is found in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. You all know about the five-talent man and the the two-talent man, but when you get to the one-talent man and you start looking at what he accomplished, in Matthew 25, verse 24, then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed, And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. He said, you knew that I did reap where I had not sown. I gathered where I had not scattered seed. You knew what I expected from you. And he said, you were negligent. You didn't do what I told you to do. Well, if you start exploring the Bible of areas where you and I can be and are often negligent, there are several of them. First of all is in caring for the needy. A few minutes ago, Brother Eddie read for us from Acts chapter 6, verse 1. The early church was getting started, and there were a number of Christians staying in Jerusalem. The Hebrew widows were being taken care of. The Greek-speaking ones were not. And that's the reason why Luke said there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. But sometimes people also neglect the gift that has been given them. If you'll remember, Timothy was given a spiritual gift. and Paul tells him in chapter 4 and verse 14 of 1 Timothy, Do not neglect the gift that is in you. That was a miraculous gift that he had been given. But many of us have been given gifts by God, the gift of speaking, the gift of singing, the gift of service. And you and I ought not neglect any gift that has been given us. It'd be very easy to neglect teaching the truth. Someone presents themselves to us and do we neglect that opportunity? In 1 Peter 1.12, he says... For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. You see, a preacher could be negligent by skipping over difficult things, hard things, things that people might not want to hear. But now we need to talk about the consequences that arise from this. What happens if neglect occurs? It's usually something awful. I think about a child that's neglected, it's left in a car that's hot. Children die. I think about people who are neglected and sometimes they're hurt very badly. And when you and I neglect teaching and caring for those whose souls are in jeopardy, souls can be lost. Many people neglect the study of God's word and where does that end? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Some people are neglectful of their spiritual growth. There are eight things that are mentioned by Peter that a person ought to add. He says, by this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to your self-control perseverance, to your perseverance godliness, to your godliness Brotherly kindness, and to your brotherly kindness love. Verse 8 says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 9, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted. They're only looking at things in today. They're not looking at the future. They don't realize that the neglect of today Affects you tomorrow. Some people neglect the teaching of the gospel. And when the Great Commission was given, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Do I realize that the consequences of not teaching this man over here is that he loses his soul, that he'll be damned into hell eternally? Neglect to obey the gospel. I'm really concerned sometimes about those who sit in the pews week after week, month after month, year after year, hearing numerous gospel sermons from numerous people and let that opportunity pass. What is the consequence of not obeying the gospel? Hebrews 2 and verse 3 he says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. 2 Thessalonians eight says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and who do not obey the gospel. That means that you, by the neglect of your own soul, are putting your soul at risk. Neglecting the nurturing of children. Those little precious souls that are running around here you know, some of them are toddlers. And you think about instilling within those little children the great spiritual principles from God's Word. What happens if you neglect the nurturing of those children? We understand that Ephesians six four says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Proverbs 19.18 Chasten your son while there is hope. And do not set your heart on his destruction. Do you realize that little boy, that little girl that's really small now, if you're not nurturing them, you're not training them, you're neglecting your spiritual obligation that, as Solomon says, you really set your heart on his destruction. Neglecting and helping the needy. Sometimes when we think about the rich man and Lazarus, we think only about the eternal destiny. And that is important, most important. But you think about Lazarus as he sat at the rich man's gate, and it says he desired just the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And you heard that the dogs came and licked his sores, Proverbs 21.13 says, Whoever shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will himself cry and not be heard. Hebrews 13.16 says, But do not forget to do good and share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. If you are a neglectful person, here's what you're going to live with. You're going to live with guilt, regret, shame, You're going to constantly be going through your mind and saying, What could have been? What should have been? For just a few minutes, let's talk about some cures. Sometimes it's just the reminder to tell us, Don't forget. Don't neglect. Joshua, as he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, he was trying to keep these people motivated, and he said to them in chapter 18.3 How long will you neglect to go in and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers has given you? It's time. Let's quit neglecting it. Let's step up to the challenge. You and I need to realize sometimes someone needs us to say to us, You've been neglecting things, don't do that anymore. One of our greatest problems is, though, is we look at others and say, well, they're neglecting it too. They're neglecting things in their lives. We're constantly comparing ourselves. And yet the Bible tells us to examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. I'm not going to give an account for you. You're not going to give an account for me. I need to look at myself. Chapter 10 and verse 12 of 2 Corinthians, Paul would write, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. Don't do that. That's not wise. There has to be a renewal of the mind. When a person begins to say, I know that I need to be thinking differently about things. I know I need to have a greater commitment to the Lord a greater determination. He says that we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's great value in our taking time to read and meditate upon the Scriptures. I know a lot of you are daily Bible readers. And that's a wonderful privilege that we have to be able to read. But don't just read two chapters in the morning and two chapters in the evening. Lay your Bible down and say, okay, I've fulfilled, I've checked off my reading for the day. Meditate on it. Think about it. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You read it in the morning. Think about what it says. Joshua 1, eight, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And one of the greatest challenges that most of us have is we go to church, we hear a sermon, we sit through a Bible class, we do our daily Bible reading, and we hear, but do we act? Romans 2.13, for not the hearers of the law are justified in the sight of God, but the doers of the law. James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Whenever I was preparing this lesson, I thought back to some of the college classes I sat through. And usually what would happen, many people would be told on this date this is due, on this date something else is due, and then everything must be in by this date. I can see teachers coming into class saying, if you guys have neglected to turn in your notebooks, this is your last opportunity. If you folks have neglected to turn in your term papers, Today is the last day. I'll take them in my office by 6 o'clock. And you see people running to their typewriters. And it was typewriters in my day. The last opportunity before the great test. Because at some point, it's going to be too late. If you've neglected all of your spiritual life, to do things you need to have done. Someday it's going to be too late. Someday there's going to be no more invitations extended. Someday there'll be no more invitation song sung. Someday there'll be no one pleading with you to obey the gospel. What will you do then? Jeremiah 8.20 says... The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we're not saved. Those are chilling words. Chilling words. Are you saved? Have you neglected to obey the gospel? What a wonderful privilege you have here tonight to come forward because of your faith in Christ Repenting of your sins, be baptized for the remission of those sins. If you are a Christian, and neglect has been what your life has been about, you know that you should have corrected things a long time ago, but you know now is the time. What a great privilege you have, if you need to respond, to come as together we stand and sing.